Yeah, sometimes anytime you see relationships, you think it's about marriage, but it's not about marriage. It's about every relationship, work relationship, family relationships, friends relate, friend relationships, teams, uh, uh, being a part of teams. Um, uh, it's about every aspect, and we've covered some things. We've covered boundaries and and, so, and some other things. Uh, but today, I think uh, uh, we talked about the heart last mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, we hit. Um, what are we talking about Wednesday? Uh, boundaries. I think it was boundaries. Oh, it was oh Q and A, &A Wednesday. Wednesday. We did a Q and A on Wednesday, and today and, and nine fifteen we do we break it down more, and then we'll have a discussion here at ten thirty. But we talked about communication earlier today, um, and uh, we really had a good time, good exchange. People gave some good insight, some good realizations. But we talked about just briefly before we get into what we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, we had talked about, you know, there's two different genders. Mm. And, you know, generally, foundationally, uh, uh, the, women, the women are emotional. That doesn't mean women don't have logic. You know, you got some, you know, because of how we are raised, sometimes we, you know, uh, we have to take a little charge more than others. But at a core, God made women to have emotion. When he says honor them as the weaker vessel, he's not saying they can't lift as many weights, run as many miles, work as hard, achieve as many goals. What he's saying is I equip them with emotion because somebody got to gotta almost connect to me right away. Somebody got to be sensitive to what's happening outside of the logical way of doing things. And men as a core, now we have, obviously we have men that are emotional. I was back there crying on them, moving forward. I so, um, one of the, the gentlemen that called in uh, from Ohio yesterday, the guy talk, he was saying, you know, that what about people like me? He said, you know, because I could be an emotional guy. But his core foundation, core foundation, we're logical. You know, I, I, with, if there's a, a misunderstanding, uh, 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 we're going to lean to logic. But for us to, to have a healthy communication or conversation, so, I'm having a healthy conversation with my wife. She's going to come in with emotions. Uh, I have to calm her down for her to receive with affection. So my, my, my first thought has to be affection, being sensitive to, to what she's feeling. But what's my natural response? Logic. Like, that doesn't make sense because, you know, it's emotional or it's how you feel. Um, and I'm going, you know, again, I'm about to break it down, <laughs> but I have to go to affection first. If I go to logic, I'm going to add fuel to the fire. That's about, we about to be arguing. And that's not just relationship, that's people you work with and stuff like that. You know, you have to understand people's core. Same thing with me. Let's say if I, if I, if, if I have a concern, if I have a concern and she responds right away with, <coughs> excuse me, emotion. She's going to add fuel to the fire because I'm logical. So she has to, her first thought and reaction has to be to understand. All right, so now you don't calm down my, my logic. I can even receive the emotions better, right? But normally we trigger what's, what's Arthur's, not the other person. Now, again, we, we talked about this just to have uh, effective communication and being um, having real authentic communication. 
you know, we talked about this morning having authentic communication and 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 so a person can see your level of agreement, equipment, uh, and uh, agreement and commitment without trying. It's like automatic. You're committed, and we're in agreement, right? And and that's effective communication because the goal is for us to be on the same page, not for me to be right. You know, because you know, in relationships, sometimes we can get into competitiveness and competition versus communion and covenant. We could just uh, we could just be talking just for the sake of okay, you always think you're right. Well, I'm gonna prove I'm right this time. That's a competition. But if we really trying to win together, uh, the song y'all sang was, uh, uh, what is it, about winning. You will win. If we trying to win together, the goal is, whoa, whoa, let's get on the same page. Right? So that's, that's whether it's family, whether it's workers, some of us have played for teams, whether it's teams. All that stuff is for us to flow together. Did you have a thought? Yeah, I think uh, it's important that we get that because all of us really want to be heard. We really do. And we spend a lot of time trying to be heard. But the problem is if you don't apply what he's talking about, um, it really leaves uh, an area, a, a area for misunderstanding. So, you know, the thing about it is I know what I want to say. I know how I feel. But the, but the challenge is, if I don't um, understand who I'm talking to, like females, you know, we, we know each other, right? We feel each other, right? And when I talk to my husband, it's like, uh, what they, they had a, a book out called uh, Men Are From Mars. <laughs> Do y'all remember that book? I, I didn't read it, but yeah, I... Look, look, the women look, was like, yeah, look, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. I understood the concept there. <laughs> um, so, you know, but one thing I'm learning to do is to really be mindful of his makeup. See, he talked about gender differences, and I'm sure we'll get into it uh, eventually. But, you know, uh, it's important that we understand just because of way, the way we are, the way we feel, what we believe is going to be totally different from the person that you're talking to. But if you don't if you don't embrace that, then you will get offended every single time every single time and the enemy loves nothing better but to get us in offense because he knows if we if, if if i can get this couple in offense if i can get your co-workers in offense if i could get you guys to not be in agreement all of us to be in agreement then he knows that see there's power in agreement right and so so we have to actually go in to relating to people based on their gender difference and so that you can really, really facilitate some understanding, because that's ultimately what the goal is, is to get understanding. You know what I mean? Um, because if you don't effectively communicate, what, what is that? Miscommunicate. You're, you've missed an opportunity to communicate effectively. And so um, I was talking about uh, earlier uh, this morning, I talked about Adam and Eve. And it all kind of started there with Adam and Eve. God told uh, Adam, he said, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember that? And so he, uh, he got the, the message. And Eve, I'm sure she was told the same thing. Well, what did Eve do? She did not listen to what was communicated to her. And so, and, and, and we, we're going to talk about this uh, later, but taking responsibility in a relationship in your communication take responsibility because what Eve did was when God said okay so why did you eat of the uh the tree and she said well the serpent told me to eat of the tree 
So what did she do? She blamed the serpent as opposed to saying, well, you know what? I didn't listen to you. You see what that taking responsibility. Then God came to Adam. So Adam, why did you eat of that tree? He said, well, the wife you gave me. See what I'm saying? So it's all started back then. And, and, and so we have to take responsibility in the way we communicate. We have to take responsibility in the way we listen. And we'll talk about that. Listening is so important. That is probably the biggest. I, will, I won't even say probably. That is the, the, big, the biggest, the biggest thing in communication is listening. And some of us are so wired up that we want to get our thought, we want to get our mind, you know, we want to get yeah, what we want to say, point across. We want to do that quickly, and we are impatient when a person's trying to break down. And we'll talk about what you talked about earlier, but that's a good example of that, um, where we really are impatiently communicating. It, we have to be, we have to use patient communication because I'm telling you, there has been plenty of times that me and Pastor Keith will be talking in a discussion, right? Especially in a heated discussion. In a heated discussion, it's like, okay, hurry up, get it, get it. Matter of fact, I'm not even listening. I'm just waiting for my look, look, look. I'm listening, but I'm listening for my opportunity to jump in. You know what I'm saying? I'm not listening to everything he's saying. So that's not good. That's just not good. And so I, you, it takes patience to to allow the person. And he, you know, he's pretty long winded. So I mean, he could be like what Kalino Kalino talked about how she loves giving an example of why she does what she does, just so the person can understand. Now I do that too, but. He, 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 he has a lot of explanation, and so I have to sit there, and I have to wait, and I'm like, okay, when is this going to be finished already? Like, you know, like, I got the point, especially if he's trying to really hone in on a particular point that he thinks that I don't have. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I want to pull my hair out. I want to run. I want to <laughs> scream. I, I just, I, I get so impatient, and I feel myself really getting impatient about the thing, and I, I know I probably look like, I, I don't know what I look like. Like, you could probably speak to that, but I'm sure if what I'm feeling on look the like inside, <laughs> <look like we're> <laughs> <coughs> but I'm sure, uh, you know, it doesn't lend for a healthy situation. So uh, just wanted to bring that out. All right. So she, she, did my volume change again? Yeah. Oh, y'all can hear me? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So, so what she said was, uh, she brought up patient communication, and we talked about that earlier. And uh, we went to James 1. So we'll, we'll go to James 1, verse 19. James chapter 1, verse 19. It's a familiar scripture, but we'll tie it into what we're talking about here. Uh, James 1, uh, 19, it says, It says, uh, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, Pastor Mel talked about listening, um, and slow to speak and slow to wrath. And let's go over to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. This is a scripture we'll be using a lot as we talk about communication. Verse 17. It says, but wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, so it's easily absorbed. Right, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Another scripture in Romans 2 7, is, it talks about having patient continuance. And this is the thing like, it takes a lot of patience to listen to this phrase, talk it through. 
So, and the thing is, when you, let's say, okay, so I, I, I've shared this before, so this is common knowledge. If my wife says, honey, I need to talk to you about something. Well, I'm gritting my teeth because I'm about to hear either a truth or something that's rubbing her the wrong way that I may have an understanding for, but whether I have an understanding or a logic about it, that doesn't change the impact. See what I'm saying? So, so, so I gotta grip my teeth and go, okay, well, I'm about to hear some truth. You know, I gotta, I gotta handle this right now. There's times I do well at it, but there's times when even though I'm gritting my teeth, my man of a thousand characters, I'm showing all these facial expressions that I don't even know I'm, I'm displaying. So let's say if it's something that doesn't make no sense to me, I might be showing that on my face, but I don't know what I'm going. I'm thinking, see, I'm doing the way, the way you're taught. I'm listening and I'm letting her talk herself through. But the whole time my face is like, are you serious? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, really? You know, again, now, once again, I don't know all these things. I find out, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And so now she has to patiently talk through all these, the man of a thousand faces. I have to be patient enough to hear her through and to really try to understand where she's coming, coming from. And the thing is, you know, we've grown to do better at it. But remember that, well, okay, she gave the example because Kalina brought it up earlier that, that, you know, she's a teacher. She's been a teacher, so she would break stuff down when, and almost to a point where her husband's like, Okay, I got it, I got it. Well, now, now some of that is the person's like, okay, that's enough, but some of it is you're giving me about seven angles to tell me something I didn't want to hear the first angle. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like, it's something about me. Like, I ain't did, like, like, okay, I got it, brother. And I don't want to hear no, even though, because sometimes the reflex may be, I don't know what you're talking about, so then you, that, now you're going to go into another 10 ways of explaining so you can get this. But now that person is going, no, no. My comeback was, I don't wanna really hear this. And so you gotta keep talking it through where I gotta adjust my package, she gotta be receptive, she has to adjust her package, we have to be receptive, but we don't, we don't wanna talk it through. Cause we don't wanna talk about it. Cause it's, a, it's an imperfection. It's a, neither one of us wants to disappoint one another. So in the early years, Mr. Break It Down, because I worked in corrections. And so working in corrections, you know, to get these kids to understand, these youth to understand, you had to break it down, break it down, break it down. I worked in uh, maximum security for youth. And so sometimes I just bring the, the guy from work at home. So now I'm breaking it down where aunt can understand it. Aunt's baby can understand it, you know. And so my wife is like, dude, like, I'm not a child. You know, but that was my reflex. So then one day the Lord had to show me because I'm thinking, well, I'm just giving you an understanding. So there's no way you could not know what I'm talking about. And one day I was I was talking to her and God shows me stuff in visions. And I was talking to her. So let's say it hurt. It, she felt she doesn't like disappoint me. So her reflex was, man, I'm disappointing him. But it came across as a justification. So I go, OK, well, so, so let's say that was her escape route. So picture a room full of exits, windows, doors. Well, I shut down that, that exit. So then she had another response, shut down that one. Another response, I shut down that one. So after a while, I done closed all the exits. There's no way out for her. And so she's backed into a corner. 
now the Lord gave me this visual. You ever seen the cartoons with the big, uh, not sledgehammers, but they had the big hammers? So he showed me, now my words were beating her down. And then he asked me a question. He says, is your point worth you hurting your wife like that? Scared the life out of me. I was like, no, no, I love her. I, I'm not trying to be right at the expense of her hurt. So I had to understand that my point or my logic can't be more valuable than the person I care about. So I have to adjust the package or sometimes I have to back off and let, listen, I, I, I offered the information, let God in her, her quiet time um, uh, implant it or give her the insight and the revelation. Because she'd be like, let's go away. Uh, let's, let's table this for another time. I'm a resolved person. Table it? No, that means we're going to talk about it again? Oh, no, no. We're gonna, if we take the 4 o'clock in the morning, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna, to find out what the problem is. But that's, you can't do that. You're forcing someone into an exchange. You know, you have to be patient. Now, now I'm telling you this because I've learned it. But in the early years, if she went to the bathroom, I'd follow her. I'd be outside the door. You know, then I would, I didn't know what I was thinking. I was like, I was just talking, like, to get her to come out. I'd be like, okay, well, if you ain't open the door, I'll come through the door. But she's on the other side going, you going to come through the door? What kind of violent man is this? I ain't coming through no door. I'm figuring, you know, I'm, I'm doing the corrections thing. I'm trying to bluff you, you know, like, you know, we had to get the kids out to sale. So, you know, I was, <laughs> I was, we would bluff them, just come up with stuff because you can't, you can't put your hands on them. We're not supposed to put your hands on them, right? So I'm trying to come up with bluffs, but I'm scaring her even more. And the Lord had to show me, Keith, you don't bother you. But you got to realize your impact. And so when he showed me my impact, it scared me. I was like, yeah, I probably could be, be intimidating. So I had to make some adjust. We, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not letting her off the hook. I'm just, I have to take responsibility for the adjustments I had to make. So that's patient communication. Had to package it. Easy to me and treated. We'll talk about that when we get into catchable language. Uh, but did you have a thought about that? No. Before we get into the next thing? All right, so we, we, uh, uh, we talked through that uh, earlier, and, I, and some people have some thoughts and questions they may share later. Um, we have to have proper timing. Sometimes it's just proper timing. You know, it's, uh, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything. To, every, to everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose, right? So everything is subject to change, but there's timing when things are purposeful, and sometimes it's just the proper timing. You have to recognize the windows, you know, um, that, that's healthy, you know, um, creating an environment where it's not threatening, you know. Sometimes we just, we just attack, you know, we just attack because we're thinking about ourselves. I, I, I'm going to get into these three stages and you jump in after I do the three, three things. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fine. You sure? There's just one thing I wanted to mention. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of times when there's an issue at hand, the best time to deal with things that are very uncomfortable is not when things are on the line. I'll say that because 
I'm telling you, if you if you do it when there's a heat on the situation, it's it's not going to go off really good. But if you let's say you're just you know having a great day, you know some people would be like, well, I don't want to mess that up. You know, <laughs> we having a good day. I, no, but that's really the best time to do it because you're not all up here, you know, ready to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, a a casual type of an environment. It's a, a a welcoming, a comfortable more environment than when there's stress. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you, it's, it's important to just kind of table some things until it's not on the line. Things aren't on the line. Go ahead. All right, so we're going to hit three types of communicating, uh, or not three, we'll hit a couple types, but we'll hit these three as a foundation. And that's assertiveness. Some of these, some people from our premarital courtship probably remembers this. Uh, active listening, mm-hmm. assertiveness, active listening, and catchable language. Now, I know catchable is probably not in the dictionary, but you'll understand it when it's, when it's explained. Um, your assertiveness is speaking the truth in love. But you're speaking the truth in love this way. You know, I know some of you, some of you are taking notes, and um, so I'll try to take my time so you can get it. It's speaking the truth in love. But it's sharing how you feel versus forming assumptions and attacking because of how you feel. Sharing how you feel versus forming assumptions and attacking based on how you feel. So in other words, let's say if the, you, uh, you expected your, your spouse to remember something and they didn't remember. Well, you can share, well, th- this is how this affected me when you didn't remember versus you don't care about me. That's why you didn't remember. Well, that's, you just started an argument because you're, that's an assumption. That's an assumed intent. The person cares about you. They just forgot. But they can't argue with the effect. If it affected you a certain way, man, I, you know, um, I feel like I don't matter. Now you're giving a person an opportunity to, to share how much you do matter. But you got to trust them in what's coming out their mouth. You know, you just, so, so we got to watch the assumed intent. And, and how do you know when you're assuming an intent? When you've got mad first. You never shared the effect. You just got mad. So you just wanted to be mad. You didn't give a person a chance to know how they affected you. See, this is the, we talked about this last uh, Wednesday. I know I do this. My wife works to do this. We go into conversations with this thought. Maybe they didn't know. So, so some of you may feel like you've done us wrong or you did things wrong, and then I'll ask questions. I'm asking questions because I'm assuming maybe they didn't know. Are you aware that when you did this, it had this effect? Are you aware when you did this, it affected me this way? As opposed to going into the conversation, you know. You knew what you did. You just don't care. You're selfish. You're this. When you start doing that, get ready for a debate. Not a debate, get ready for an argument. A person can always defend your assumption of their intent. What they can't defend is the effect, how it actually affected them. Um, Did you have a thought about that before I go into uh, uh, active listening? Sure. All right, so active listening is is, is probably more obvious. listening more than speaking, all right? We, we, we mentioned that in James. Um, 
And so, so as, as my wife is talking, I'm actually listening. And the way she knows I'm listening before, remember she said uh, in the early years she was waiting for me to finish? Well, how I know she's listening? When she opened her mouth, she's communicating. She's not saying, oh, so what you were saying is this. Oh, oh let me get this. Let, let me see if I really understand what you're trying to say. I know you're listening. Now, after, after if she's communicated, after I've said, so, babe, are you trying to say this? Or is this what your thought is? And then I come back with, okay, well, this is what I was thinking about. it. She can receive better because she know I heard her. But if I just jump right in, okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And then I jump right in my point. How does she know I was even listening? But see, it takes patience to take the time to absorb the information, regurgitate what the person said, and then communicate your thought on it. I want to understand you before I want to defend myself. So that's assertiveness and active listening. Any thoughts about that before I get into it? Yeah, now that that can be uh, a bit much uh, for some <laughs> people because you you know, especially if you you're talking to a long-winded person, uh, you know, they could spend five minutes on one point. And so after, and there's been times when it, it overwhelms me where I would say to him, okay, listen, I really want to understand you. So can we do this? I want you to say your point. Give me one point at a time. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. this is overwhelming me. And I, I don't, you know, I really want to be able to, to lock in. And that's the thing. Really, I am learning more. I've, I'm not saying I've gotten it down packed, but I'm learning more to lock in. See, it's important for us to lock in when we start to communicate with people um, because if you don't lock in, you're going to miss some things. And oftentimes he would say, so what did I say? Now, this is after 10 minutes or 15 minutes of him talking. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, and I feel so bad because I can't even regurgitate one thing that he said because I'm so overwhelmed. I've allowed myself to get so overwhelmed with, you know, uh, you know how sometimes you can, you can have a um, – some type of uh I don't know flaw uh let's just say focus it might be a flaw and you say to yourself man that's just I just I just have a challenge with focusing but every time God will actually put you in a position where you're having to focus why because what he's trying to do is get you away from seeing yourself as one that cannot focus yeah. And so for a long time, I, it was hard for me to like listen to him for 15 minutes and he might have had 25 points. And when he comes back, comes back and asks me, so what did I say? <laughs> I would get offended. And I'm going to tell you why I got offended. I got offended because I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't know what you said. <laughs> and you put me on the spot. You put me on the spot to prove that I was not listening. And so... <laughs> And so, uh, and that happened a lot, y'all. It happened a lot. So I said to myself, and I told him, I said, so what I think I might end up doing, I, I'm going to write some stuff down as you talk. So are you okay with that? You know, so as he's talking, I, I think I did it one or two times. That, that, that was short-lived. I didn't do it, mm -hmm. do it uh, but I did try it. I said, okay, because I really want to lock in. And so, but I, it's important, y'all, that we really, really lock in. And when you lock in by yielding what you have to say because we all got solutions and options we really do but yield to what the person's saying listen to the the whole thing in its entirety and then come back i don't know what it is about us that feels like we have to rush mm -hmm. 
we got to rush. We got to, you got to, you want to hear what I got to say. Well, yeah, it's okay. Let's take our time. It's not like we got to finish this conversation in two minutes, you know, uh, and discussing something that really going should take a half hour or more. So, but locking in is important. We got to lock into what the person is saying, because if you're not locking in, you have locked yourself out of what the person is really saying. And you're only locked into what you about to say. And it's not going to, it's not going to be good at all. And, and, you know, and the thing is, you have to be willing to give what you desire. Hmm. You know, the thing is, like, mm-hmm. you know, even some people that say, they may say, well, you know, I shut down quick or, I'm almost, or, or I get overwhelmed quick. Mm-hmm. They expect the other person not to be overwhelmed and not to shut down quick. Hmm. And sometimes we... Sometimes it's a focus in our reception, but it's also sometimes a focus in our delivery. So it's easy for us to assess, let's say that person took 15 minutes, but we haven't gauged the time that we're communicating. Mm-hmm. We may take 15 minutes, but we expect the person to understand it, to understand each point, and then we'll come back with, you know, as we talk, my wife will say, so what did I say? Now, now again, our design is different. If you're talking, I'm listening. So I'm actually saying, well, you said this. Now then, now I'm overwhelming her and explaining. She was like, well, I don't got lost in what I was saying. Well, you started out saying this. Then you said this. Like that's, well, Some of y'all been around me. So I said, well, you started out saying Then you said this. And then after you said that, you said this. So we're, how we got to this point was, and then she's like, well, well, you overwhelming me even explaining that. But I, what I am is I'm paying attention. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, the thing is, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It takes patient communication because we all have to be sensitive to uh, the different levels we are. Mm. And, and that's what active listening is. You know, active listening is really mm-hmm. paying it like, 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 I don't care, the kids. Y'all see me sometimes with the kids. If they start talking, I'm listening. Because they saying something for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not insignificant. So I'll just be listening to everything, and then you'll watch me, and I'll, I'll start asking questions. So wait a minute, are you saying this, that, and the other? You know, so I've had to, I'm going to practice it even when I'm not in a heated situation, so it's just a part of my life, listening to people, because that's how you learn. I think people are important. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think, other people don't think people, people are important, but as Stella was saying early, sometimes you're in situations where people train you a certain way. So it's not like you're shutting down because you don't care. You're shutting down because... Really, you never had to listen. You know, some people have been raised, you know, could be uh, you're the all-American child, so everything you do is right, you know, to a certain point because you're, 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 you're an achiever. So no one's never challenged you. So now that you're challenged, you're like, you're not used to it because everybody's pretty much endorsing everything you do. Or you could be um, the little princess. Well, the little princess... No matter what, that is cute. So you're not really addressed. You're just a little cute princess. So the little princess should be heard, should be listened to, and, and everybody should pay attention to the little princess. But the little princess hasn't been thinking about nobody. Never considered nobody, so it's easy for the little princess to be overwhelmed. You see what I'm saying? But that's not a crime, it's just learning that we have to grow, get beyond being a little princess, Get beyond being an all-American or, or who's wonderful and actually care to listen. 
because we want people to do what? Care to listen, right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, so, so and then the, the, the other part that we wanted to share was, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the scripture. The scripture says, Philippians 2, 3, it says, esteem others better than yourself. Look, look, every, look not every man on his own things, but look every man on the things of others. So if I, in conversation, the whole conversation, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, the whole conversation is about me hearing my wife because I'm thinking I'm esteeming her better than me. Let's, let's be honest. Some people aren't worth listening to to us. But we think we should be worth listening to all the time. See, that's dangerous. And, and, and think about it. Do you care to listen? If you're honest with yourself, because some of us never had. Uh, uh, Stephanie was sharing earlier. She's like, listen, <clears throat> once I give you this, just do it. So, so that's how we roll it. Like, but, you know, she sh shared this transparently. But if you were given an instruction like, ain't nobody got time for that. That's throwing off my desires. But see, that's not fair. You're not treating, you're not esteeming others better than yourself. Others aren't as important as you are yourself. Bear ye one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. So that means I have to actually bear the weight of, of, of listening to what's weighing that person down at this particular time. I have to care. Do you have a thought about that before I get into catchable? Yeah, no, I think that was good. I think uh, where we probably uh, have had um, challenges in the area of communication is um, even it starts at a child's age, like you kind of brought that out. And I think, you know, uh, some of us, you know, were told to shut up, you know, go, go get away from me. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. You remember, you know, go to, go like, to your room, go to your room, you know. And uh, but what we don't understand is we're literally training them not to be able to effectively communicate yeah. um, because sometimes people I think it was uh, uh, Trina was talking about, you know, if, if you've been labeled a certain kind of way, like, you know, you or you the way the person's talking to you as if you are uh, not intellect, you don't have any intellect, um, then that person, it, it's so easy for them to shut down and not share because they're looked at a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. So as a child, you really want to, especially you parents out there, you really want to pay attention to your kids. When you say, you know, you're talking to somebody and you say, okay, give me a minute. Now you're telling a, <laughs> a six-year-old, give me a minute. That's like that's like five that's hours. That's like that's like that's like ten minutes for a six-year-old. And then wait a minute, you don't even go back to him or her and say, you know, uh, well, I I appreciate you waiting patiently. You know, now what is it that you want to talk about? Oftentimes, y'all, we 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 keep it moving. You don't even go back to the child. So what is that <laughs> saying to the kid? The kid is saying, wow, you don't value me. Like man, I had something to say. You're, so it starts at a young age, you know, and if you don't have children right now at a young age, how you respond to the kids here, you know, at the church, you know, is, is, is important. Usually when, when, when you see a kid, you know how you, you see a kid and the kid's talking to you and you're like, yeah, 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 and you're moving on to the next thing. That is not, that's disrespectful. And we're teaching them, see, because most things that, that we all learn is either taught or caught, and a lot of stuff is caught. 
So if you tell if your if your kid comes to you and you uh, are saying okay yeah 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 or you're not even you you don't stop and look you know how we just yeah go ahead talk to me and you're still doing the dishes or you're doing whatever that's not really giving that child full attention and you're training that person it's okay so when they get an adult when they become an adult they're they're actually flowing that way that's good so we got to make sure that we are connecting at a young age and if you miss the opportunity with your kids that you you got now start doing it now you still can do it now but you should always stop because you, you, if, if I talk to you, Stella, and somebody came up to you, you wouldn't just play me off and, and start talking to her. You would say, okay, Pastor Melanie, okay, give me a minute. I'll be right back with you, okay? And then that minute when you talk to her, you're conscious that, okay, I told her a minute, so I'm going to, hey, listen, listen, I told her a minute. I'll get right back to you. You see what I'm saying? It's just courtesy, common courtesy. But we have to do that with the small children because I'm telling you, we, ha we live in a day and age where we have not been taught how to effectively communicate. Okay. I jump in there? Yeah. Now, this, this may be humbling, but it's true. Some of your kids intellectually are smarter than you. Mm. I just repeat that. Mm. Some of the kids are intellectually smarter than us. They may not have wisdom, but that doesn't mean they're not smart. Mm -hmm. Now, the tough part is some of you know your kids are smart. <laughs> Sit down with your smart mouth. <laughs> so, so, so some of you shut the kids down because you're you're because of you know it's a book called The Search for Significance. Some of y'all shut your kids down because mm -hmm. you're trying to drink significance, and, and and your significance is oh, I can always pull the authority card. Mm -hmm. I'm your daddy. Parent immunity. You ain't yeah yeah you, <laughs> that's how you pull out parent immunity. I'm the daddy. You gonna listen to me? Uh, when I was younger, I know this is on video, but when I was younger, well, I, uh, you guys know I was raised with foster parents, so you know. But I, I'm, I'm a cerebral guy. We probably didn't figure that out too, and I'm an exhaustive thinker. Pastor Melvin told you that. So when I came to the family, I would just say what I saw. Like if there was a problem, I'm also a God made me a problem solver. So I'm the guy that looks at the maze, and I can tell you the first path through it. I don't need seven tries. So I came to the family, like, if my dad said, I don't know how we going to do this. I said, well, dad, we can just do this. Oh, you got a smart mouth, don't you? I was like, huh? I, you presented a problem. I came up with the answer. But my father's, the way he was raised, you're a child. Stay in your place. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to come up with the solution. I am. And so I'm confused because I'm trying to help. So watch shutting the kids down because they figured out something that you hadn't been able to. Show them humility, you know, because everybody in the house has to have voices and choices. You know, and, and I know in, in, it was more so back in the day. Sometimes it's, it's now too. Some parents have, you know, because of the struggles that they went through, um, coming out of slavery and different things like that. A lot of people didn't, man, they just had to get a job. They had no time for education. So they wasn't like, they weren't stupid. They just didn't stay, keep their, their education stimulated. But that doesn't mean they, they feel adequate all the time. You know, and kids don't have wisdom 
like I'll use me. I ain't had no wisdom. I just, I'm just bust you out. You know, like, oh, well, we can just do that. You know what I'm saying? But I could have, if wisdom would have been, you probably already considered this, dad. But what about this, this one over here? What do you think about that? You know, like, making sure he still had his authority, but offering the, the consideration, which I do now in, with everybody. Right? I was, back then, I wasn't offering no consideration. I was like, no, this is what we need to do right now. And we need to do this now. We, we want to get out this mess. You know, you see what I'm saying? So kids don't have wisdom, but they, they, they have intellect. And so it's kind of, you might have to teach them how to serve you. Yes. Here, here, offer to me because I am your parent. So maintain your reverence, but you have every right to offer and then trust. Let me make a decision based on what you're offering. We do that in our house. We offer consideration. You know, now the person can say, hey, that's cool or not. So is that? No, that's real okay. good. I think it's important to teach them mm -hmm. how to. Because, you know, it's not enough to just say, don't do this. You know, but to really break down to them. Represent it. Yeah, mm -hmm. to how, to, how, how do you offer? So even when you say, uh, offer it. Well, they don't know what that means. So you got to break that down. That's so, good. you know, it's important that we we expect them to be a certain kind of way. But then we don't give them what they need to be the way that you you expect them. And don't reflect it sometimes. Yeah, also. and it's not it's unfair. It's, it's a setup. All right. So so the third phase we gave you was catchable language, mm -hmm. and you know again, we read James chapter three verse seventeen. It says wisdom from above is first peaceable. Uh, it says no, first pure, then peaceable, easy to be entreated, easy to absorb. Uh, without partiality and full of mercy. So what it's saying is, remember we said uh, 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 there's a lot of us that have intellect, but we may not have wisdom. So just because you're right, just because you understand doesn't mean you're packaging in a way it could be absorbed. So a part of offering stuff, wisdom helps you to offer it, helps a person to easily absorb it. Mm -hmm. So we know if it came from God. So like, as a child, I had to learn how to filter my communication through God. When I was a child, I just give it to you straight. Like, the only thing was like, if I felt I was right, it was the truth. Even in college, the professors say, let me see your work. Was it right? You know, I, had a, I, was, I was stern. Was it right? Well, I knew it was right, but he was trying to teach me how to connect my right with everybody else's. You see what I'm saying? So he was teaching me wisdom. Just knowing what's right and not being able to harmonize with the people around you has no value. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amos 3.3. So wisdom is the key to making sure whether you're young, whether you're old, if you grab wisdom, everybody can hear you. And you don't want to just be right. You want to be not just heard, but absorbed. So, so we use the phrase, make it catchable. I, I'll give you this other scripture. Proverbs 15, 1. It says, a soft answer turneth, turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Mm -hmm. So your package is important. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So when we say catchable language, uh, again, I know everybody doesn't play sports, so I, I try to do this the best I can understanding that, but I, I was a point guard in, in college. And, um, and then when I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, in that culture, I was taught, uh, I was taught different. So, so like if we passed the ball to you, if it hit your hands, our philosophy, you should have caught it. 
And we all catch an attitude. Man, catch the ball. So you so I had to learn no matter how they threw it, I better catch it. I better catch it, or they're gonna kick me off the court. I get to college, I'm throwing rifle passes through four or five people. So I'm figuring I'm sweet. I threw that through five people. Hit the guy's hands, he drop it. And I catch an attitude, run down the court. Man, you should have caught that. Coach pulled me to the side and said, Keith, it's your job to make the pass catchable. He said, some people don't have uh, quick recognition. If you throw them a bounce pass, they can hear it bounce and see it into their hands. They, see, they heard it, and then they, they had a chance to react to it. He said, some people got soft hands, Keith. He said, you got to give it to them at the last minute. So I would dribble down. Get, last minute, I would drop. We had this guy. We, I'm not going to say who it is. But we had this guy. He had soft hands. I would drop it into his hands at the last minute. Just lay it in there. And he, he could finish. But if I threw it to him early, he would drop it every time. But I had a guy. And he lives out in Monroe now. Best hands in the world. I could throw him to any time, any way, as hard as I could. He was like glue. He just knew how to catch. So I had to adjust my delivery for the reception. Your kids, as they've been growing up, some of you have younger kids. You don't throw the ball to the younger kids the way you would to the older kid. What do you do? You throw it underhanded. Why? You want them to catch it. But you can throw it. Like I can throw it to Nate right now. I can zip him a pass. He's going to catch it. You know, some quarterback skills. He's going to catch it. But I'm not throwing it to uh, uh, Ace the same way I throw it to Nate because I want him to catch it. Communication the same way. Do you want people to catch it? Or, or because you threw it in truth or because you threw it and you were right, well, you should understand it because I said it. No. If, if they didn't get it, now you have to keep adjusting it where it's easy to be absorbed. The goal is for people to absorb the information, not just for us to be right. That's good. So it's important that you choose the right words. You know, yeah. the words that come out of, our, out of our mouth can either bring life to a situation or it can kill it. And so, you know, the scripture talks about life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so when you don't understand that that small member that's in our mouth can literally either make or break a situation, you will, you will find yourself really uh, in a, a really bad a pickle. <laughs> I'll say a pickle. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, uh, we have to really take responsibility for the words that are coming out of my mouth. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> I just felt that seemed fitting right there. Um, but we do. We, we have to watch what we say because, there, you know, uh, words, uh, the, your words is a container. And, and, and so it goes into like a container. And so um, those words, man, can, can permeate in your being and, and shake the core of who you are forever. Like how many of y'all, y'all have heard a word, somebody said something about you, and to this day, if some, like I'll give you for instance, my mother, my mother uh, wanted me to change the uh, television station on our television. Now, back in the day, we didn't have no remote control. It was one of those, <laughs> one of those things where it's like a dial. And it was probably about, I don't know, maybe uh, five or six dials on this television. And I was about maybe five or six years old. And she said, Melanie, turn the television up. So I went and I attempted to do it. Not that girl. And, and then she's hollering at me. Now, when, she, when I, the first holler came, it paralyze me you know how you get when it's like okay I don't know what to do <laughs> so I just start turning buttons I mean I just <laughs> <laughs> and so she she said to me she said you stupid she said you stupid 
And so I didn't realize that that thing crushed me. So years later, fast forward, I'm in a marriage with him. We in one of our little blowouts. <laughs> I'm behind the door because I shut down the communication. <laughs> I'm behind the door and uh, with the door locked. Okay, and because <laughs> I had enough, and I didn't, I didn't really want to finish the conversation. <laughs> you know what he said? <laughs> he said, "That's stupid." I interpret it as, "I'm stupid." And I'm telling you, my feelings, long time, boy. my <laughs> feelings, y'all, I mean, I was crushed. I said, he just called me stupid. I mean, I was crushed. I mean, probably, I, I think it took me a month to get out of that. Uh, probably a little longer. It was longer than that? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I was just, everything was just stupid, stupid, stupid. I just felt like I was just, I couldn't do anything right. And and so, but it was all because of that one word mm. that was spoken. See, so one word can literally change a person's core. That's good. And so we got to watch our words. We got to watch, is it bringing life to the situation or is it literally taken away? You know, I mean, we got to really watch our words, man. The, the words is powerful. You know, think about it. Uh, the words are so powerful. Um, it takes breath, right, to to breathe, to to do a word, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm just flowing, y'all. So I don't even know where this is going, but for some reason, I just feel it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, um, what did Adam? Uh, what did God do with Adam and Eve, or Adam rather, Adam? What he did is breathed. he breathed the breath of life into him. You see what I'm saying? So what I believe he was doing is everything that was in him, he was breathing it into him. So when you breathe the words out of your mouth into the atmosphere, then we're, we are designed to receive. God created us to be able to receive. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why you have to really like uh, be responsible for the choices of words that you use. You can take back, you know, verbally, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. You could take that in the instance back, but you can't take it what the yeah, eternal uh, or the uh, everlasting effect that that thing has. So you got to watch our words. I mean, we, we are Christians, and some of the Christians are cursing. And cursing, when you curse, think about the word curse. You basically done put a curse on a person. You put a curse on yourself, too, because you're snared by you the, snare words, by of by the words of your mouth. So it's, we got to watch what we say with our mouth. It cuts more than a gun. It can, it can destroy you more than a, like, quick. Mm -hmm. And so we got to tame this mouth uh, and, and watch what we say and make sure, like he said, it's catchable. The communication is catchable. Can they catch? If I say uh, a hard thing, is it undergirded by love? So that, that's what we was talking about, you know, with the whole sarcasm and stuff. You know, a lot of times, like he said, he's trying to give a truth, but because he feels like maybe people can't handle it or whatever, it, it, he water, found a way to water it down. But the thing about it, what would you say? Not a good way. Not a good way, right. Um, but, but the thing about it is a truth can be shared if it's undergirded by love. See, because what happens is if a truth is shared undergirded by love, they don't really hear so much of the truth that you really wanted them to get. They hear the love. That's good. And it takes love to be able to share a truth that, that is uncomfortable. Because how many of y'all have had to share a truth that was uncomfortable? 
And so what, what, what happens is when you allow and you allow love to be the guiding force of that truth, well, now you're going to be, you're going to watch what you say. You're going to govern what you're going to say. You're going to actually choose words that's going to be more uh, 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 palatable. You know what I mean? You're going to use words that's going to uh, smooth or soften the blow even. You know what I'm saying? And still get the truth out. That's good. And so uh, that's why love has got to be essential in all of our lives. You know, the fruits of the spirit is another thing that we got to really embrace because the fruits of the spirit, if we cultivate that, it will keep us out of danger when it comes to communicating. Because the Holy Spirit is the, he, he wants us to actually operate in the fruits of the spirit, which is patience. Love, joy, peace, long suffering. Right. Patience, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Self-control. And we need all of that to be able to, to flow. And I, I, I had something on that, but I'll, I'll share that maybe at another time. But, mm. you know, it's uh, crucial and it's just it, it's so crucial that we watch the words that are coming out of our mouth. I, yeah, you know, the thing is we want to avoid uh, expressive language because mm. expressive language surpasses accusatory language. Mm. See, what what is prompting the person you're communicating to get defensive. Accusatory language or assumed intent. Um, and so, you know, you know, again, that wisdom just has us package everything different, like uh, Pastor Mel was saying. You know, and it's, when, you, when, when we, we use wisdom, it's an inviting and empowering language. You know, the thing in every relationship we always talk about this in premarital. Everybody has, should have a voice and everybody should have a choice. But if you think about it, if, if, if you're domineering and you've shut down a person's voice, you know, that's not empowering. That's not inviting. Um, people are not designed to store stuff, especially in their emotions. It's that's gonna true. come out. Yeah. You know, it's gonna come out later and greater. Mm -hmm. it's, it's gonna be an explosion, you know. You know how you, uh, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, how we grow and sometimes we, we don't like confrontation. But we talked about this last, last week or maybe Wednesday. We have to watch false peace because true communication is uh, Ephesians 4, uh, 415, speaking the truth in love. Right. So that means we have to we have to address behavior. Now, I said address behavior. You don't you know, you know, how you feel sometimes you have to get worked up. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you an example. One example is, uh, so when we married, uh, my wife had, uh, she had already had our son. He's our son now. Uh, so he was, you know, 13 going on 14, 14. And so now you, I'm a new dad with a teenager. Uh, eighth grade, about to go on to high school. So, uh, you know, as we grow, I'm, I'm navigating through the relationship. Like, I never told him to call me dad. He started calling me dad on his own. And uh, so we're growing in a relationship. I played basketball. That helped because he was a basketball player. Uh, but then there was, there was, was going to be some situations where I had to correct or I had to say no. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, um, Mr. Super Nurturer in the early years, <laughs> the boy couldn't do no wrong. You know, it's like, and she felt she didn't do right by him. So everything he did, he got honest. My philosophy was, whether he got it honestly or not, I have like four years to equip him with what he's supposed to get from a father. And so 
there was nothing serious like and then I was appeasing so I was kind of I was like oh, I'll let that go I'll let that go but that's not gonna work because eventually I'm storing it so it's gonna come out so he's in a situation where he wanted to go to this game and it was a I'm gonna say this respectfully it was a ghetto game <laughs> and at that time he was easily influenced so he would have went in himself and came out ghetto uh, <laughs> I mean it's just that's where he was at that time in his life. You know, he wasn't, he couldn't make his own choices back then in the midst of pressure, right? And so I was like, he don't need to be going to this game. And so, and I, so I have to do what's best for him. But I'm at work the whole day at the job. Like, he ain't going to that game. I'm the man of the house. Well, I'm just going to tell him, you know. Now I'm getting all worked up. I'm getting all worked up, right? And so... As I was getting all worked up, I finally told him, but when I told him, I told him, how could I put it? I told him mad. Cause I, I, I build up the whole day. Yeah, the whole day was, I'm telling him, I'm telling him, I'm telling him. So finally I told him, you ain't going to the game. And, and the Lord said, the Lord told me, uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I told him he couldn't go to the game. He says, he didn't hear you. You scared him. I said, no, no, no. I told him the truth. He said, no, you scared him. So he, he gave me this picture of me coming at him with a shield and a sword, like running as fast as I could. But by the time I got to, so imagine you running at somebody with a sword and a shield as fast as you could. What's the temptation? Protect yourself. So he protected himself. Where I could have packaged it the same way without all the emotion. The Lord said, why you just didn't tell him? The Lord showed me that I was afraid to tell him something he didn't want to hear. So I got all worked up to tell him something. I could have just said, son, you can't go to the game and explained it to him. Mm. Right? So I, it wasn't easy to be entreated. You see what I'm saying? Mm. I didn't package it right because of my fears. I felt that I had to be tough to tell him something that I could have just shared in love. And what's so good about that is um, a lot of things was going on in the mind. So a lot of times we have these thoughts and these conversations and everything in the mind. And if we don't regulate our mind, you know, the, the scripture talks about be uh, renewed in your mind, right? But then it says talks of, it talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. So what happens is if we do not have our mind under control, then what follows after we think it, then it comes out in our, our words. So the it's important that we, because what happens is you ever talk to somebody and it's like, now you saying something to me one way, but there's so, so, some more stuff. You ever like, okay, you're not, you're not saying something. There's a matter of fact, it's a big piece that you're not sharing, but you're, you're trying to communicate something to me, but you're not giving me the whole thought. You understand what I'm saying? The whole thought. And so sometimes we give people half our mind, you know, just a little mm. bit of our mind. And, and what we don't realize is that piece that we're holding on is the very piece that's needed to, to correct the situation. But because of fear, like you talked about, intimidation and things of that nature, um, we, we, we dare not share it. But actually, those secret thoughts, y'all, 
those secret thoughts, uh, and we all have them. We have a tendency of having these secret thoughts. That's not healthy because even when you try to avoid it, it's going to come out. It's, but then it's going to cause confusion because you're saying one thing with your mouth, but your actions are showing something different because your actions basically is lining up with your thought, not with your words. You see what I'm saying? Do y'all get what I'm trying to say here? Mm -hmm. So we got to watch, have a guard over not just your heart, but your mind. Don't allow the devil to use it as a playground and play out all these different thoughts. And you think that you're the only one that uh, knows the thought. 